It's good to see you guys. Let me first say, if this is your first time at Fathom, welcome. We pray that this is a place that you can grow not only in your faith, but grow in family. Uh, it's one of those weekends where a lot of people are seeing their other family. <laughs> They're around the country in different parts of the state or the city uh, being with family. and um, We're excited for them to have that time. But I'm, I'm really excited to have this time with, with you all today. And I'm just excited about what God's doing. The next few weeks are going to be really fun. Um, we're doing a, a different type of service today. I'll tell you more about that here in a second. And then next week, I'm just going to be just sharing and casting vision for our church, stuff that God's put in my heart before we ever moved here, things that God, I really believe and want God to, I want to see God do this year, and then some things that are three, five, ten years down the road that God's planned in my heart that I'm just going to share on a little bit next week. So I'm really thrilled to share that. It's like a fire that's kind of lit up within me, and I'm always seeing and praying for the things that God's put in me. That's the, just the life of a a visionary and a pastor that wants to see God do incredible things, but I've really been thrilled with what God's done this year, um, and it's crazy that uh, in two weeks, it will have been two years since we launched, which is crazy. Two years, time flies. We keep having youngins, and like <laughs> that makes time move even faster, and so it's, uh, it's been an amazing year, and, and certainly at this time of year where we kind of look into the next year and kind of look back on last year, I think sometimes we look at it with regret, like, oh man, I wish this would have happened, or I wish that would have happened. And so we're going to do a little bit of kind of review just through our conversation today and through your questions. But certainly what I hope today is that we'd all be encouraged um, for what God is doing in our lives and what he's going to do in 2015. And I want to start us off with a text today. One of my favorites, and one that's just been a constant encouragement to me, just in my spiritual walk, and it's out of Philippians chapter 1. It's not on the screen today, but it's in our handy-dandy Bibles. Um, Philippians chapter 1, Paul's speaking to uh, a church that uh, he's been a part of planting and, and developing and maturing. And in verse 3 it reads, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I love that because it just, it kind of makes me think about you guys and just partnering with us in the gospel going forward here in this city and around the world. Uh, let me pick up at verse six. Being confident of this, confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion, carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He who started the work in you is going to finish it. Sometimes we look on, on the past year and we're like, man, I was thinking I was going to be here, I was going to accomplish this, this would happen, and this didn't happen. And we can kind of get frustrated or discouraged. And what I want us to do kind of in this day and as we look forward to next, next week and just this next year is being confident of this, that whatever God started in you in 2014, whether it's brokenness or whether it's you know, some kind of great victory or whether it's a great defeat, Somehow in that, we'd be confident of this, that what God started in us, he's going to finish. Whether that's in 2015 or 2050, God is, is true to his word, and if he said it to us, he's going to, he's going to uh, complete it, and so we can be confident in this. So I uh, just want to get a start off that text. I'm actually going to close us with the rest of that text today. I'm getting out my, my little um, handy-dandy uh, stopwatch because I want to stay on task. What we're going to be doing today is something a little bit unorthodox, but I thought it was a cool day to try something a little bit different. We're going to be doing a Q&A, and I have my lovely wife here. You can say something. Uh, 
Go ahead and break the ice of your voice. Let everyone see your smiling face. We've been able to share a little bit of vacation time this past week, which has been really nice. Spent more time in my hometown than I ever have, probably since I graduated high school. And so that was a, a lot of fun. But we're going to be doing something a little bit unorthodox. We're going to be doing a live Q&A session, and so you can see uh, the information. And so really what we desire out of this time is, is not just uh, kind of r- complete randomness, but maybe things that are on your heart. Maybe it has to do with the church. Maybe um, it has to do with just randomness. We're okay with, with that. But we just want it to be a fun time where we can engage one another and just talk uh, about what God's done in our life, the things we've gone through. So if you've been through a battle or we, we just have uh, some different shared experiences among our life, as do you, um, that may, you know, we can encourage you in any way for what God's maybe done this past year or struggle that you found and really what you're hoping for in 2015. And so really the, the, um, the door is wide open for whatever you want to ask, um, whether it's who does Terrence hair or whether it's, you know, what, whatever it might be, just uh, complete fun questions, whether they're, I don't want to spend the whole day on just complete fun questions or complete deep theological questions. I want them to be just a fun environment of all kinds of things, whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart. So shoot anything. We've got a couple of questions, I think, already this morning from people hearing and different things. So Lauren is back there um, helping the content fly, and so we're going to try to get to as many as we can. Um, but just feel free, just throughout the morning, anything that comes to your mind that you want to share, just text that in. If you don't text, then ask one of these folks around you and say, hey, can you text this question? Let me borrow your phone real quick, and uh, we'll, we'll send a quick text for you for a question. So let's go ahead and throw our first question up, and we're just going to jump right into this, and you guys will warm up. You guys warmed up to this yet? I think you guys will warm up. It's something new we're trying. So throw it on up there. Let's get our first question going for the day. You guys got to be asking them. You guys are the content providers. It's the whole social media revolution. You guys can be a part of it today. Do we have the first question? Well, amen to that. That kind of makes it interesting. So why don't you tell them about uh, your haircut? <laughs> tell them a story. Tell them how our Christmas was. How about that? Okay, we had a really great Christmas. We went to my parents last weekend. Yeah. Um, and then last Sunday afternoon, we drove down to Kyle's parents and um, spent most of the week, and it was a really good time. And I'm not really good at this stalling thing, yeah. so. The holidays are such an interesting time because it's such a peak of emotions. And, and as much as I preached on it this past month of just like, settling our heart and resting in Christ. It's so difficult to kind of do that with all the kind of busyness and stress. And so um, I, I know many of you, if you're around family or different things, we just kind of feel everything hit to the peak, and it's, it's very difficult. I, I had the uh, tough opportunity just to, to share with a, a person over the holidays of, uh, that was literally just ready to, to commit suicide. It was a, kind of a shocking morning um, to, to get a phone call I'm just saying, hey, I need you to talk to my friend that she literally, you know, wants to quit. And, um, man, it was amazing what God does in, when th- we're just uh, open to what uh, he wants to do in our life. And, and we saw that in, in that situation and just found real encouragement um, for the ministry that God's uh, given us here. And we each have that. So, um, hey, check it out. Kyle, why Jacksonville? Um, that's a, a good question. I, I've answered that question um, several times over the time that, we've, that we're here um, 
and I came in really not knowing anything about Jacksonville, why we moved here. For those of you that don't know, my wife and I moved here in April 2012 and just started in our home. Um, and uh, really just, God had just told us to go to, not just Jacksonville, he told us to go to South Jacksonville. And really the reason behind it, we had no idea. Uh, and so, but I really began to research and want to know, God, why Jacksonville? And I knew nothing about Jacksonville, let alone South Jacksonville, so it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But I'll answer that question with this, that um, in hindsight, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. The more we've been here, the more I've understood why God sent us here. Um, the more God's spoken to me really clearly why we're here. Um, some of that is in our conversations that I've had with you and the moments that we've shared and you've told me, um, I'm so glad you guys came here. Um, I remember one conversation from, um, from a, a guy I was sitting at lunch with and he said, I've waited for you to come here for 11 years. I, I know another um, conversation I've had that said, I've died to be a part of a church like this for 12 years. Um, so why Jacksonville? Because God planned it and really in the, his mind knew that there was folks that he was going to pull together for a cause that was greater than themselves. And so um, I've been extremely encouraged. I could go on and on as far as demographically why I think God has put us here. Um, but certainly I think it's to shape culture and it's to create a, a church environment that uh, people will feel welcome and can grow in their walk in Christ. Um, and really engage at, at another level where we're going to make disciples not only locally but globally. So, um, yeah, there's, there's your why Jacksonville. Um, God told us to, and uh, it's really amazing in hindsight. Okay, Taryn, let me ask you this question. Taryn, what's been the most encouraging verse for you this year? Do you have a verse um, that's... Okay. Hold on. Do you have one? Yeah, I do. There you go. But I don't have it memorized. Okay. Um, Okay, Psalm 91, um, and I was telling Kyle this scripture last night, but I told him it was Psalm 94, so it's not. It's Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I think just recognizing that God is the Most High and that we can rest in his shadow. There's um, this year I've been studying on Moses, and um, that's one thing that Moses wasn't allowed to see God's face, and I never understood that because they had such a close relationship, and it was because God was so high that his glory would have, I guess, killed him. Yeah. And so the cool thing is that he, he let if you've ever read that scripture about where Moses hides in the cleft of the rock, and it's basically God provides us places to have shelter from him, or not from him, but... Yeah, with him, yeah. With him. Yeah. He protects us from him by, through himself, Yeah. which kind of sounds crazy, but um, I've just come to realize, like, because sometimes you feel like God is so high and so big that you can't, you can't relate or can't get near him. And so um, just resting in the part that he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, and just trusting that he's going to shadow us and he's going to um, keep us safe mm. um, has really been good for me. So, yeah. yeah. You could preach a message on that. I may have you do that one day. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Well, next question. The, 
okay, this sounds intense. The root motivation behind God's actions are his love and glory, but which one takes priority to God? I feel like this is one of those questions that there's no right answer, and it's to stump you. The root motivation behind God's action are his love and glory, but which one takes priority? I, I think this is a, a really um, a question that it, it obviously comes from a human um, because really what I, I think many times we look at God as if he is human, um, which he came to this earth, but he's eternally existed as God. God doesn't have to number his priorities like we do. He doesn't stand inside time. He doesn't, he stands outside of time and he doesn't have to order. He is like, he is love. He is glory. He's not saying which one's going to come first in my life like we would. He is love, he is glory, and so as deep and as a d- difficult question that is, I think it roots back to who God is. God's motivations are, are out of his eternal existence. I don't know that God has to pick and choose. He, he is. He sets and ordains that his kind of super, supernatural power is so far beyond our limited understanding in this earth that d- difficult questions like this aren't a question for God. They're not, it's not a challenge for him to set his priorities or, or set the world in motion. It, he just did, and he is. And so um, I, I, I sincerely am not making that a cop-out. I mean, that I think that's the depth of what that, that answer is. It wasn't quite as a, a doozy as I thought it was going to be. It looks, looks like a doozy at first deal. Great, we'll take the next question. How are we going to impact our community? You want to answer this one? You want me to... You toss up the, um, put it on yeah, the Yeah, I'll get started. Go for it. Um, I think that just, um, okay, a lot of times I think God gives us, like, things that we're supposed to do or, um, and you see all these other people impacting community. And at the end of the day, if you're just being obedient to what his word says, you're going to make an impact. Yeah. Um, and I told Kyle this last week that sometimes, because he said, how many people do you think are going to come to the movie night or, you know, whatever, and I said, I've kind of quit guessing numbers because I don't want to, in my own self, be disappointed, and um, just because you you want a lot of people to come, you know, just that's your human flesh, and so, um, but then the Lord just really started dealing with me over, over that, speaking of just that topic, is that you know what, I'm making an impact just by smiling at one person. And if that's, my, if that's God's duty for me that day, then I did it, you know. And so I think that impacting an entire community is really scary. But if we all just go out and do those little steps every day, they build on each other. Um, I also read a quote one time that said, you know, a lot of people that you feel like have success overnight it wasn't that way. They had a lot of nights, you know, like Mm -hmm. we just see these people pop up and, you know, they're whatever um, popular, but we don't see the 10, 20 years that they put into struggling and the struggles that they had. And um, so I think, yeah, just one one step at a time, one act of obedience at a time. Um, Yeah. And I I think one of the the big things as far as a church, and I always ask myself, if we were to close up shop today and, and go home all to our houses and not gather anymore, not do the things that we do as, as a church, as a family, if we wouldn't do that anymore, would anybody notice? Would anybody in the city notice? If I didn't go into work tomorrow, would anybody notice? And I think 
at different points in our life, some of us have struggled to feel like, hey, are we making an impact? And um, that's one thing that's kept me incredibly encouraged from uh, this church family and Fathom Church is that we've been able to impact this community in really phenomenal ways um, in as little time as we've been around and as um, small of, of a family as we are. Um, I mean, just in this past two months, I'd say, we did an event called Here for Good where uh, we all went out into the community and served. One of the cool things that happened from that is uh, one family came to Fathom the next week and haven't missed a Sunday since, uh, maybe one Sunday since, um, and gave their hearts to Christ and, and are ready to be baptized. So, um, you know, in this past month, we did this whole Christmas tree thing, and so uh, raising just uh, over $4,000 and just encouraging people, helping them to realize that the Christmas season isn't about all what we can get. It's more about what, um, what Christ gave and what we're able to give. Um, so I'm, I've been constantly encouraged by the impact we're having on our community, you know, every week and uh, each month, so... Yeah, that's a great question. Can we get an update on the Kenya trip? Who's going? What are the fundraising goals? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to answer this one. Because next week you're going to be hearing a lot about that. We're actually going to be doing some things. Um, out, I, t- I think I told this testimony a little bit a while back, but uh, in case anyone missed it. Um, so we have five people going on the trip, me um, and four ladies. So I'm taking the ladies to Africa. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, luckily, my mom is one of those, and so I'll be, I'll be staying with my mom. Uh, but we're really, really excited. Pastor Ismael was here with us uh, on that day, here for good, November 2nd. Uh, he was here with us, and we just got to plan, really spend a lot of time with him that week, have dinner with him, and just take him out to lunch. And, and, um, and we just got to talking just about what's happening down there. Um, but one of the cool things that happened, it takes a lot of money to go on a trip like this. Um, as far as fundraising, I think it was going to—it was costing around three thousand dollars per person was our original budget uh, for each person. Um, we have, I think, two out of the five that are completely fundraised; um, that they're where they're at. The other three are, um, you know, probably within yeah, within a thousand bucks per person, so about three thousand dollars total to to get everybody where they need to. But one of the amazing things that happened has made it what we're able to do, and really, as when we're praying for the team here in a couple of weeks, we're going to r- receive an offering for everybody to be able to give, because what we've attempted to do, we haven't been pounding our church to raise money for the team. We've been saying, that the team, go raise your money, and then at the end, what we want to do is ex- uh, receive an offering, and everything will go directly toward the orphanage, because they're going to be able to quadruple the amount of kids they can get off the street if they can raise $140,000, so we're trying to be a part of that hundred. Thirty or one hundred and twenty, whatever it is, forty thousand dollars to be able to quadruple the children they can get off the streets. So, um, our fundraising goals—we got about you know three to probably th- three to thirty-five hundred dollars that we need to raise. But the cool testimony is in that is that it was going to cost us about fifteen to sixteen hundred dollars on our on our flights. Um, but uh, long story short, God moved in really amazing ways to move our flights around, all these crazy things, and we got Delta to actually refund us the money. We were actually able to find a flight for about $950 each person, which is insane. And like we, uh, the, our travel agent talked to a missionary the next day after he booked us these flights, and he said, I've, literally, I've been going every single year for over 20 years, and I've never, ever heard of anything that low. 
So um, you call it what you want, but uh, we already paid almost $1,600 and we paid $950. And get, getting Delta, if you know anything about traveling, getting Delta to refund anything is a joke. So uh, God's moved in an incredible way. So um, yeah, so that's a, a little bit of, about it. January, oh gosh, you quiz. Uh, it's that last Sunday in, in January that we'll be gone, uh, and we'll be back the 31st. So it's like the 22nd or something through the 31st. I don't know if that sounds right, but uh, gonna be, we'll, you'll be hearing a lot more about that here in the next few weeks, doing some things. We're going to be asking uh, the church to be a part of things that we can take over there, supplies, vitamins, uh, for kids that are, are malnourished. They're doing their best to take care of, so you'll be hearing more about that. What has been the biggest struggle for you during this church plant? You want to answer that one? <laughs> oh, I'll go get some Kleenexes while you go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know me, I'm a crier, so I'm, I'm doing pretty good right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what has she doesn't been, do that at home. What has been the biggest <laughs> struggle for you? It's these lights, I think. Um, <laughs> they induce tears. Oh, man. There's been, there's been so many things that have been so hard, but they've stretched me so much that it's for my good. So I would just say letting go and just letting God do what he's going to do anyways and kind of not getting in the way because uh, I like to know the plan. <laughs> I tell my son every day, are you, all right, here's the plan. <laughs> you know, and, he, and, then, and then what, is, what are we going to do? You know, and he, he's our, maybe I'm making him that way, but... Um, Kyle will call me and he'll say, what did daddy say? And I'll tell him, and then what did he say after that? <laughs> and then it's until I go yeah. through the whole conversation with him. But I think just for me, it's just um, I've kind of had a plan in my brain of how it was going to go. And probably 0% of that has happened. And so just letting the Lord <laughs> do what he's going to do anyways has uh, been the hardest part for me, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'll answer this question too. Um, uh, so many things. I mean, Taryn doesn't mind sharing. She's shared this before. But in the first three months that we were here, she says that she cried every single day. So um, just the emotional kind of stress and turmoil. Um, I, I've been, it, it, we've been so encouraged because for something like this to continue on, uh, I don't know if you know this, but um, one in five churches make it to two years. So... 80% of churches die before two years. So um, we're, we're doing good, guys. Um, and uh, and that's, that's, a, that's a raw statistic there. Uh, and so there's a lot that goes into it and a lot of obstacles. Um, but God's just constantly proven himself. So it's been, it's been difficult as much as we might be hurting in our flesh. It's been difficult not to be spiritually encouraged. Even if we're spiritually encouraged in a moment, we can't stay that way because God blows our mind the next day with an incredible story or something else. Uh, but personal struggle for me, I'd say, in this plant um, w- would be, I'd say, loss. And that may sound strange because um, no one in my family has died. But I felt like after our first year, um, I really needed grief counseling. And that's just me being as completely transparent as I can. I really felt like I needed grief, uh, grief counseling um, for loss because part of a church plant is you turn a lot of people over in a church as you're building community Everything appears to be perfect and whatever, but the more people get in, you realize, hey, this is a baby I'm dealing with, 
And changing diapers is not the most fun thing. And when you do that in an organizational church thing, it's tough for people to hang in there. And only the love of a mother, only the, the love of, of parents and people who are really bought into the vision can really hang. So with that, that turnover that happens, which is natural, it happens in literally every single church plant on the face of the planet. Um, I personally dealt with a lot of, uh, you know, what I felt like was loss. Um, and the, the great thing about our church that there's never been, there's never been really big drama where we lost any people because we had an argument or theological differences or anything. It, it's, it's just never, it's just not a fit, you know, and uh, many of those people we've had great relationships with still do, still hang out with them, still have dinner, still make phone calls. Uh, so we've been really encouraged by that, that we're not losing family, but certainly, like Taryn said, with the expectation that you have, it, it hurts. So that's been something really um, that I've had to deal with. So when we talk about loss, that's really, I, I talk about it from a very honest place where I didn't lose them on this earth, but I, I've certainly um, lost in the ministry, um, you know, spectrum, if that will, if that makes any sense. It's heavy. Let's go with something light if you got something light. Um, I believe in God. I know he's with me, but I feel like sometimes I don't always believe. Is that normal? What can I do to fix that? Toss the ball. You want to take that one? Yeah, I absolutely believe that's normal. Because um, life is crazy, and we just get thrown stuff every day, and it does cause us, you know, to wonder sometimes. Mm. But I think that um, his word is so faithful, and it just, I'm constantly, which this is a little plug. <laughs> I promise I'm not avoiding the question. But I am... Um, committing to memorizing scripture this year, and so come to me after if you want, because I have these little cards, one for every week. I will print you some out this week, um, and we can do it together. It's just one scripture each week. I already have my cards. I'm really excited, but um, <clears throat> what can you do to fix that? I feel like you just have to stay in the word. You have to, you have to s- stick to it. You have to be surrounded by people who are struggling with the same thing probably, but who can encourage you? Because um, there's lots of people out there that can say, yeah, that's not worth it, you know, move on, <laughs> get on a different road. Um, but the faithfulness of God, and I'm, I'm a young person, so I'm not trying to say like I know I've got all this years of experience, but in my little bit of experience, the, the faithfulness of God just blows my mind. And mm. so... Um, you know, just, yeah. I can think of scripture after scripture that just, um, and I just say that, and I just went blank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's um, what's coming to my it, mind, is just, just so many scriptures. There's so many scriptures that you can be pointed to that, you know, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, he's closer than a brother. Um, I don't know. I begin to think I, about the disciples, just, you know. Just, just how often yeah. they doubted. I mean, Peter, like Jesus calls him out from the boat, which is really what all of us do spiritually, like called to come out from that. And There was it, actually even a disciple, Thomas, that he was Thomas got a the nickname, doubter, yeah. the Doubting Thomas. Yeah, Doubting Thomas. Because after Jesus came back to life, um, he literally didn't, standing in front of him, in the flesh, he did not believe that that was him, and he had to yeah. look for he wanted the to stars. Touch him. He wanted to get his hands on them. So yes, yeah. it's completely normal, but I don't think that you can do it alone. Um, get plugged in with people, even if it's just, and that's one thing that I've struggled with too this year is just having friends, like just having a friend. And 
the Lord just really taught me, like, you don't need 50,000 friends. You just need somebody you can call and be like, hey, I'm having a rough day today. Pray for me. Um, that's, that's the, I think, what you can do. Yeah. I remember hearing this pastor speak. I think it was on a CD, actually. It was one of those things where the pastor speaks in between songs. Um, you guys have never experienced that here, right? Um, but uh, I, I remember him talking about his son and his son talking about having a headache. And his, he said, well, let's pray. Let's pray that God will heal your head. And um, he, he prayed and, and he said, son, do you believe? Do you believe that God can heal your head? He, he said, I believe, I believe. And, and then after they prayed, it's, you know, uh, he said, son, how are you feeling? And he said, I believe. He said, but my head's still hurting. <laughs> and that's the reality of our lives many times. We're still hurting, um, but I still believe. And it's hanging in there and just continuing to endure um, through this, this broken world we live in. So, Can we make um, a fathom CD with all of our most popular songs? And can I request a song? Uh, um, for the uh, worship band to play on Sunday. Let me answer this one. Toss that ball up. And um, No, I love this question because when I was in, um, when I was a worship leader, I was a worship pastor for, for five years and re- really a worship leader before, before that, not in a church, but for uh, close to uh, 10 years. Um, and really, I'd get this a lot, especially in the church environment where folks are wanting to request songs and but the amazing thing is that everyone wanted to request a song. <laughs> and so as a worship leader, I had like a thousand people requesting songs. And so it, it wasn't right. And this is just what I did. I'm not telling Benaya what, what he's doing. But uh, a lot of times what I do is like nobody gets their pick. <laughs> nobody gets their pick. No, I, I, I really wouldn't do that. But that's what I felt like sometimes because it was just this constant bombardment with everyone wanting to do that. And um, you know, I don't know if some of you guys remember who... Um, remember the show Total Request Live or uh, Casey Kasem's for some of you that might be a little older you call in and request a song and um, a lot of times we, we think of, of church in that way but really the depth of, of worship is not about the song it's not about any of that and I know that the essence of this question has nothing to do with really the essence of worship but it's just me expounding uh, the essence of worship is not about the song and the place that I grew the most was in a place where I hated the worship, I hated all the songs, I hated the band. I'm serious. I grew the most as a worshiper, a lover of God, when I hated everything that happened on the stage. But I didn't leave. I didn't. Um, And I honestly, I give big props to our band. They're really great. They lead us in worship in a really amazing way. But I'm just talking about for me personally, uh, a time when I was in college, I attended a church, and I hated all the music, hated all the songs. Worship leader, I felt like it was boring and not engaging. And I grew the most because it wasn't about the songs anymore. My whole life it had been about the songs. It had been about the experience, about the guitar licks. It wasn't about that anymore. It was about the God I was worshiping. And uh, though it was a little harder for me to push through that, I matured through that. So it was very powerful. But that would be really cool if we made a CD. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Certainly we're going to do a CD. Don't know when um, it'll be. There are some copyright things we have to deal with. This is leaking. I just wanted a sip. Um, But... uh, Certainly there's some copyright things we have to deal with, with passing things out like that. They're copyrighted songs. But we're hoping to produce in, in the next year or two uh, our own CD of our own songs. We're, we're working to, to write our own music. So that's really our heart uh, in producing a CD like that, where it would be from what God's brought us through, what he's doing in our community. Uh, and that'll be an exciting time. What is the most awesome thing that you have done this you, year? You answer first, you know. 
This is, this, you guys are giving us hard questions. The most awesome thing that you have done this year. 2014. Oh, you go. Um, one of the really cool things, I got to ride on an elephant around Angkor Wat, which was really cool. It's one of the, just, it's an over a thousand year old city. There was like millions of people that lived in Angkor Wat when there was like 20, 30,000 people in Paris. So it used to be like this Mecca, um, and it's this Buddhist earth temple. Uh, it's really incredible, and you can ride an elephant around this, and it was really, really phenomenal. Beckett was really excited that Daddy got to ride on an elephant around this historic um, place, but going to Cambodia was a really spectacular thing for sure. Sorry. Um, my day-to-day world is not that awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I change a lot of diapers. Uh, but I certainly one of the things I love about you is how much you make it awesome and how much you receive joy out of being where God's called you to be that most would look on that life and like literally, literally when I'm home and have babies screaming like I start wigging out. I'm like, a, I'm a good dad. I'll change diapers. I'll, I'll do that stuff. Um, but literally my brain like stop, like ceases to function um, at, at some point uh, over a certain amount of time when they're just a little bit um, crazy. But what I love about Taryn is how much she's able to just embrace the call that God has on her life. And though it may not be jumping out of planes or on any TV screen around, um, it's in the, the simplicity that she finds joy and beauty in who God's created her to be. And I feel like that's like the, the most awesome thing that any of us could ever hope to imagine and experience is that in what God's placed us in, that we can find that to be an awesome experience and create memories. And uh, there's a great book that just came out for any of you that are interested called Moment Maker by a guy named Carlos Whitaker. Um, that's a great read on making every day awesome. So did I just take it for you? There are some brownie points in the process. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Right, she's going to make some cookies tonight for me. Watch. <laughs> awesome. Our church's mission is to go and make disciples. What does it look like to not only be disciples, but to disciple one another? Yeah, I'll, I'll chase after it. It's um, being a, dis- first of all, being a disciple is simply following Jesus. It's obeying Jesus, not just being hearers of the word where we just come in here, hear the word, where we open up the scriptures, we read it, you know, from our Bible app in the morning, but we're also doers of the word. That's being a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Um, Not just hearing the teachings, but living the teachings. Not just saying, I love my neighbor, but actually walking across the street and loving my neighbor um, and doing that on a daily basis. Uh, that's being a disciple. Being a disciple maker, which is to, how to disciple one another, um, is a really a beautiful, beautiful concept that I feel 98% of the church worldwide doesn't do, frankly. I, and I feel like the church in America is probably the worst at it um, because being a just the environment that we've created is not an environment that promotes disciple making, which is constantly sharing the gospel. Like if I asked you in this room, when's the last time you shared the gospel with someone? I think most of us would feel kind of bad. (laughs) We'd feel kind of bad because it had been too long ago that we shared the gospel with someone. And not just 
hey, Jesus loves you, or hey, man, I'm praying for you, but I mean sincerely sharing the story of what God's done in your life in the gospel, and, and not just looking at it, hey, is it as that as disciple-making, but looking at disciple-making as every day I go in there and I have these conversations, these relationships, they're thinking it's just friendship, but for me, like I'm, I'm spurring them on towards Christ, and it's changing the paradigm, and the more we can change that percentage of people who understand what disciple making is and not, it, not resting on the, the role of the pastor, but it was, a, it, it was a call and a commission, a commission with Christ to go out and, and spur people on towards love for Christ and, and sharing the gospel. It's more of a percentage, the greater impact we're going to have in this community. We want to talk about having an impact in the community and start living that out on a daily basis then we're going to have an impact on the community. It's not going to be really from worship services. There's a lot of big churches that don't have many disciples. And there's a lot of, a lot of small churches that don't have many disciples or disciple makers. And, and that, that's a problem. It, it doesn't just happen from a pulpit on, on the weekend. Uh, it, it really happens um, in, uh, in our life, in, in the workplace, in the, you know, in the neighborhood. And I think, too, just as a plug, which I hope this isn't shame. This I guess it's shameless plug, but anchor group. Get involved into an anchor group. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have those every week um, in a few different places around the city, and um, I just think that we can encourage one another and disciple one another if we're a part of a group like that. Yeah. Let's take three more questions. Let's take your three best questions. Uh, let me ask you, Taryn. Um, Based on your personal experience, what are a few practical ways for me to manifest our core values? And what are our core values? Okay, core values. Unconditional love. Um, authentic community. Oh, dear. Service. Service. Creativity. And, then, and... That's it. Oh, I thought there was five. Yeah. Well, we often Ooh, add okay. bi- biblical teaching on there, but we feel like that should be an um, understood thing. What are a few practical ways? Um... Okay, I'll just go through each one. Unconditional love. Love people the way that Christ loves you. If you can break it down and see, like, this is amazing, the way that the Lord forgives me, the way he's patient with me, the way that he's kind to me, the way, you know, just go down the line. Be that to somebody. Um, Unconditional love. Authentic community. Be real. People don't want to be around other people that are... (laughs) real. There's a practical that's one. Practical. Stop lying to yeah. people. Just <laughs> Get be real. real because that's really what people want. Um, service. Well, not everybody wants it. Some people appreciate the lie. <laughs> they I'm do. answering the question. Let's be real. Like, they do. They appreciate the lie. Um, <laughs> service. Just serve someone and that doesn't yeah. have to be um, the way that we do on stage. It can be your husband, your wife, your co-workers, you know, if somebody around you says, I'm thirsty, go get them a drink and give it. Don't make a big deal about it. Just serve them. Um, that's a practical way. Je- Jesus made it. He just made it so simple and so difficult. All his statements were not rocket science, but it had people scratching their heads for centuries. You know? And most everything of our core values is just what we see in the scripture of how Jesus made disciples. Loving people where they're at. Inviting them to come with him, follow him, you know, serving people, breaking bread, washing their feet, and then creativity, not seeing them for what they are, but for what they will be. 
not not seeing Saul as Saul, but seeing Saul as Paul. Not being a persecutor of Christians, but a leader and a planner of churches. That's, that's the message of our core values and really the gospel. And then if I can just finish with creativity, I think um, <laughs> that was beautiful, honey. <laughs> um, Story but, of our lives. Um, I I'm sorry, I'm trying to stay on task. Um, being creative just as being who God is. Cre- God's a creator. He yeah. created the grass. He created the trees, the squirrels, everything. And he created you to be who you are. And so... Be creative, be yourself, be who God's called you to be, because I can't be Chris, I can't be Isis, but you guys can. You're the best version of yourself. So, or, yeah, I think that's how it goes. But just be yourself. I talk for a living, so obviously I talk a lot. Um, uh, On the creativity thing, like just, I I think getting ourselves rid of fear and applying faith is really what the creativity is all about. Not seeing things as they are, but how God sees them and what God wants to see in that situation based on the gospel. Let's take a couple more. Um, what, is our, what is the primary thing you would encourage our congregation to pray for in 2015? What are you most excited about in 2015? I'll, I'll take this one. Um, I, I'll share the excited part in just a second. But to pray for, um, I love all of your questions. I really do. Um, and I may make jokes about them, but I really do love them. I pray that really through this, you, you get a real sense of what God's done in our life and what he's doing in our church. And you guys have asked really great questions. Um, I pray that we would embody those core values. I pray that we would embody our mission statement. I'm not going to stop praying that prayer. I'm not going to give us a new thing to pray for until we embody it like God's called us to embody it. There was a, a pastor who would, every single week for like a year, I think he preached the exact same message. I think it was Martin Luther who did this. I can't remember. But he got up and he preached the exact same message, same scriptures, and it didn't take long before the people in the church were like, hey, you know you preached that last week, right? He's <laughs> like, can you preach something new? He's like, until you get it. I'm not going to stop preaching it. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of hardcore thought. I won't do that. But when it comes to our, our mission statement and core values, pray for those. Pray that we would embody those things. Pray that we would live those things, that we would be doers of the word. And that's all we need. That really is. That If we can walk, I, my, my big prayer is just that we'd continually, just continue to reach more people with the cause of the gospel and the message of the gospel, that more people would come to know Jesus. Um, that's why we're here. And so I'm not going to, I mean, there's lots of things we can pray for, but foremost is, is that one. One of my most excited about 2015, cool thing about releasing your life to Jesus and releasing expectations that we have for our life is the adventure. Our first mailer that we sent out said, adventure awaits right on the front of it. Some of you remember seeing that mailer. Some of you have seen that on the front of our website. The first thing it says is, adventure awaits because in that is this idea of going on a ride with the Lord. Of, can you imagine like walking with Jesus through these, these amazing journeys that they took? I don't think that Jesus, like, Jesus, where are we going? I don't know. We're, we'll figure it out. <laughs> like, I think that's how Jesus probably would have walked them along. They want all the answers, but he just wanted them to be faithful. And so I'm just excited to see what the Lord is going to do. 
Um, next week, I'm going to share my goals that I feel like God's put on my heart for our church. I'm going to share vision that I feel like God's given me for this year, for the next three to five, seven years, ten years even. Um, there's things God spoke to me that I know won't be accomplished for over 20 years through this church. And I mean that sincerely. And God's told me they're not going to happen for 20 to 25 years. Um, and I won't tell you those things. Um, but they're things that God's planted in my heart. So I've got a lot of things to be excited about. But I've just learned in expecting what the Lord's going to do. I'm expecting him to do something, but I don't know what it is. And I can't wait to see what it is. It's a freeing adventure like that. I can just enjoy the ride. I don't have to be anxious for what three months from now. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to have all the answers. I just need to rest and enjoy the ride and be faithful to what the Lord asked me to do today. Um, it's not a cop-out. It's finding joy in everyday life and ministry that he's called us to. Last one. Kyle, you said to shape our culture is one of the reasons you're here. What does that phrase mean for you and for Fathom? What does growth look like for a church? Um, I definitely feel like the, the last one, what does growth look like for our church, I, I shared just a second ago as far as us making disciples. Um, there's a lot of practical things we're doing, a lot of engagement in the community, advertisement, putting mailers in your hand, postcards in your hand to help spread the word, doing different marketing things around the city, a lot of practical things we're doing like that, um, to, you know, in those type of growth th- things, but, um, and I'll answer that a little more fully here in just a second, but to shape culture, um, God planted this whole idea in me when I was a teenager, and I don't even feel like I was really following Jesus that well. I was really living in sin. Um, I believed in God, and I believed that he had a plan for my life, but I was really living against his will in my sin. And God really gave me this vision for shaping culture and this idea of moving upstream and that we would be a people who, in our circles of influence, each of us have a circle of influence, and God's called us to steward it and steward it well to manage the influence that we have. I think shaping, the way we influence it is by influencing people. The way we impact culture is by impacting people. Um, we can start picket lines and do marches in different area, and that's maybe some people's approach, but I found Jesus approaching culture a little bit differently on just going after it and loving who he saw, serving those he was with, um, and though he was a man that felt a lot of sorrow in life, losing friends and betrayal in, in his own ministry and family, um, I know that he walked deeply with God more than we can even think or imagine because he was in flesh God. And so to shape culture is for us to go out and influence one at a time, and the larger that grows, we just get the imagery of like a candle. We're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. The more that we like shine that light, and that sounds like I'm going to like a Sunday school church song about letting your light shine, but it's the scriptures of Matthew 5, the first sermon Jesus ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, you're the salt, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. The disciples said, Jesus, you're the light of the world. And Jesus said, no, you're the light of the world. <laughs> I'm the light of the world right now. But it's going to be me shining through you. The more we do that, the more we're going to shape culture, the more we're going to impact the city, our office, our workplaces. The more we move upstream with influence, 
will shine bright like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And that's the vision I have for our church. Be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden because that's the, that's the vision Jesus had for his church. As far as what growth looks like, it's us embodying that and living that. Um, I've, I'm going to be sharing a lot more on that next week of what growth looks like, and so maybe that's a great place for us to stay and leave it as a teaser. But I'll just say this. It looks like multiplication. Not just addition, but multiplication. Because when we become d- disciple makers and we get invested in the call that God's given us, we can multiply. It's not just Pastor Kyle making a few disciples. It's, it's Chris making more disciples. It's David making more disciples. It's Casey making disciples. That's when we multiply. That's when our church grows. It doesn't happen when somebody comes up with a brilliant marketing plan. It happens when we embody what the church is supposed to be. I want to close this with a scripture today. These guys are going to lead us in worship, and I'm going to invite you to the table in a few moments in a different way today. Pick up at verse 7 where I left off when we started. Paul talking, it's right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, for whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more. Your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may, and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is his prayer. It's my prayer today that we may abound in the love of God, that we may have the fruit of the righteousness of Christ through Christ. It's my prayer today. And I want to pray for us as we, we're drawn to the table here in a few moments. We, and if we can just all stand in this moment and just let the Lord speak to our hearts. I want to pray for us. God, I thank you for this time we share. I thank you for your word, God, that says we can be confident of this, that whatever you start in us this past year, last year, three years ago, 8, 10, 20, 30 years ago, whatever you started in us, we can be confident that you're going to complete it, God. That's why I stand up here confident about what you're doing through this church, because you started it, God, and you're going to finish it. I thank you for your people, God. I pray that we'd find confidence and encouragement and joy for the gospel and for the mission that you've called us to today. Help us to rejoice in it more and more every day. Help us to grow deeper and deeper in in the word, God, and love for your presence. We give you praise in Christ's name. Can we just worship this morning in freedom and in joy?